Kia ora and welcome. I'm Boris Lamont and you're listening to the New Zealand Wine Podcast. Thanks for joining us for this episode where we're speaking with Samantha White and Josh Barclay about the Ko Pare Wine Collection that is part of Whitehaven Wines in Marlborough and its relationship with the non-profit organisation Legacy. So right now let's go have a chat with Samantha and Josh. So hi, Sam and Josh. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and whereabouts are you guys uh, as we're recording this? Where are you? Uh, so we're in Marlborough, just sitting at home, actually. Yep. Yeah, nice. Sitting in Marlborough, beautiful day out it's there. beautiful day. Perfect for growing grapes, luckily. So. Good, good. Well, that's, that's good to hear, especially at this time of year, isn't it? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, Sam, where did where did your journey start and um, to get to be doing what you're doing now? Well, I guess I'd probably have to go all the way back to my parents. So, um, they started Whitehaven Wines in the early '90s, um, and they, you know, they quit their jobs up in Auckland and lived on their boat for what, two years, probably just sailing around. Uh, during that time, they had me. Um, so, my mum. Yeah, she was basically pregnant, living on a boat, stopped in at Auckland to have me and then went back on the boat. Um, so I spent the first year of my life on the boat. Not that I remember, but I'm sure it was amazing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they came into the Marlborough Sounds and they just, gosh, they fell in love with the place. They had some friends in Marlborough. You know, the early 90s in Marlborough was completely different landscape to now. I mean, now there's just finds everywhere, but... It was really just kicking off the late 80s, early 90s. And, um, yeah, my dad was kind of the business-minded one and said, hey, this is going to be something really big. Let's sell everything <laughs> and um, start a winery in Marlborough. <laughs> so it was quite a big thing for them. And so this is where I grew up. You know, I grew up in the winery um, running around oh, stuff that you would not be allowed to do now. No. You know, running around in the barrel hall. I remember my friend Denny and I jumping from uh, like carton to carton in the storage area. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's kind of in my blood and not in the drunk way. <laughs> yeah. was, that, was that, was there any, um, did your parents have any connection to the wine industry at all or was it just? Not past really like wine. Yeah. Yeah, they um their best friends had uh moved down a couple of years earlier and started Bladen Wines and um so they you know one season during hurricane season they uh helped them plant some vineyards and so they had a little bit of exposure to it but um not really it's quite a common common theme I think uh down here mm. you know people escaping the rat race and doing something completely different yeah so um yeah, well, that's that side. Um, yeah, so you had sort of, you grew up around grew up around wine, and obviously watched what your parents were doing, and were quite involved with it, and hearing yeah, the conversations so I, um, and knowing what 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 was done throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And as I got a bit older, I started working in the vineyards. You know, um, leaf plucking, plucking, and bud rubbing, and all that good stuff. Yeah, um, from when I was about. I had a 15, I guess, um, mm -hmm. all through, oh, gosh, when did I first get into the office? 20? <laughs> so many summers, many summers out in the vines. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just kind of been 
been all around that my whole life and then um and did you did you sort of go straight into it when you left school or no I actually I went to um, Wellington University and Mm. I actually studied international business thinking Mm. you know the business side would be really good to know um and I spent a year in California working for a winery over there and then completely changed tack and started working for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Trade in Wellington. Right. Okay. Yeah. And um, so Josh and I met at university when we were, what, 18? And, um, yeah, so we were both living in Wellington, working for the government, and after a few years there, that's when we decided to do a complete lifestyle change and um, come back to Marlborough and um, kind of join the family business. And what was happening with Whitehaven at, at that time? So Whitehaven was pretty big at that time, but Kōpāri Pari, how long? When did Kōpāri Pari get established? Um, well, I think we're in yeah four years ago that we established Kōpāri Pari. It must be four, four or five. Four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, and, okay. and so Whitehaven's undergoing a, a lot of change and a lot of growth at the moment, and so it kind of gave gave the opportunity for them to to look at doing some of the, some of these other things, and so. Um, obviously, I, uh, I I studied marine marine biology and ecology at university, and so that was that was kind of my area. And I went into um, coastal and fisheries management, and and at the time I was working really closely with the legacy. So went one night, kind of sitting with the, a couple of the Whitehaven staff, and you know ha- having a, a few glasses of wine in the sun, we, we started chatting about different things and and um uh someone came up with the idea of well this is this is something that Whitehaven could do to, to help legacy and, and you know contribute to the cause. Right. Um, right, okay. And so we're talking about say about 2017, 18, is that right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I guess I guess the the very simple idea is oh let's create a wine brand that um helps legacy, you know, for every every book bottle sold, uh, we donate a portion to yep. Legacy, straight to Legacy. And, um, yeah, and we chose the name Kōpāri Pari because it means gift or contribution in Māori. And, um, yeah, I think that was a really great name. And, um, yeah, so it's just something we've been really passionate about. And so when we decided to move back down to Marlborough, um, that we really got behind it. Right, okay. But- is it like a, a part of the vineyard or you're sort of sh- sharing the harvest with Whitehaven or how does that work with, with your production? Yeah, so it's all produced and bottled by Whitehaven. Um, you know, all our fabulous Whitehaven winemakers are also our party party winemakers. Um, it's just, um, you know, a different, a different brand. So we all work, work down at the office at Whitehaven and, um, uh, yeah, so it's, but really, really great wine. I think the winemaker, chief winemaker, describes it as just very approachable, drinkable wine. Yeah. And and yeah, what varieties so, so, are we talking? Uh, so we have a Sauvignon Blanc, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Chardonnay, Pinot Gris, a Pinot Noir, and a Pinot Noir Rosé. Right. Okay. Nice. And are they the, the same uh, as as Whitehaven? No. No. So. Uh, what, uh, yeah, Kulpati Bari is just a label produced by Whitehaven in order to support legacy. So it is, um, 
it is a separate wine uh, developed in, in, a, in a different style. Yeah, no, sure. But are the, the varietals are they are they the same as oh, the varietals? Uh, yeah, Whitehaven has has more. I mean, Whitehaven has a Riesling and a Noble yes. Riesling, Gewürztraminer. Right. Uh, okay. Yep. Nice. And yeah. So just just a few more, a few more with Whitehaven. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Sure. Oh, that's good. And and how's that been going in, in the last sort of five years for Kopatipati? Um, it's been really good actually. Um, Legacy has been amazing. Like we work really closely with them and. Um, you know, their their database and all their supporters, you know, so you've got all the people out there who are like, oh, great, well, I like wine, I want to support Legacy. Um, so they're, you know, a really good customer base. Yeah. And, you know, every year we do a bit of a 100, it's called a 100% campaign. So, like, last year it was a week long, I think, where all wine sold that week. We gave 100% of the profits to Legacy. Um, wow. So that's always kind of our, our biggest week of the year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're just trying, to, we're just really trying to, um, grow domestically and get the message out there. I think like sometimes, I mean, you go to the supermarket in New Zealand and there's just so many wine brands out there. Mm. Uh, mm. so it's really just trying to get the message across like, Hey, this wine is, um, really helping our marine environment, you know? Um, yeah. I'll, I'll actually, I'll let Josh talk a bit about what Legacy does. Yeah, no, that's good. Yep. Yeah, so Legacy was uh, set up as a not-for-profit by the New Zealand Sport Fishing Council because uh, they were noticing more, you know, degradation and, and um, unsustainable practices happening in a coastal marine environment. So um, they're, they're, they're actually, you know, I've worked, worked with the team a lot and they're an incredible, dedicated, passionate team that I've got a lot of respect for really you know happy that even though I've, I've stepped back and, and joining the Whitehaven team we can still do something to help them but uh, their, their priorities are really um, uh, working with uh, government and, and, and lawmakers and things to, to and advocate for um, better systems uh, for managing our fisheries and coastal environment um, you know promoting healthy ecosystems uh, uh, less destructive fishing practices, um, and, and abundant fisheries for, for everyone to access and, and make the most of. Nice. And so who, who makes up the membership of, of Legacy? So is it- Legacy is actually, uh, um, an advocacy organization. So they, they have a lot of supporters, um, but they don't have a membership as such. So that they still work very closely. With the New Zealand Sport Fishing Council, which is made up of, uh, member fishing clubs. Yeah. And so that they get very big support from the recreational fishers around the country in those clubs. But then there's also a lot of, uh, direct, direct supporters, which they call them the legacy legends, um, who support and work with legacy as well. Um, so it's all, all spearheaded and created by, uh, an amazing man called Scott McIndoe, who's been, um, le- leading the charge on this for a, a very long time now. Yeah. It was kind of his, a lot of this was, uh, his, his doing working with the New Zealand Sport Fishing Council to, to make it all happen. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of poured his life and his, t- yeah. All yeah. his time into it. He's, I don't think I've ever met a more passionate person. <laughs> And, and so, what are some of the? Well, how long has Legacy been been running? I, I should know this. And then back when I was working with them, I had this field down pat. <laughs> that's, that's right, approximately. Uh, let's have a look. 
and we can give listeners the um the web address as well they could go and, and and find out some more and what about what what are some of the sort of you know outcomes achievements over that time that legacy's been been up and running Le- legacy obviously there's a lot of work that they do um with government and in government led uh, processes between them and, and members of the uh, New Zealand sport fishing council so you know that they've done an amazing job being in the room so all of the processes that are going on and contribute to uh spatial planning and fisheries management decisions. So a, a lot of that behind the scenes advocacy work, but um, that they've also developed some really interesting, you know, incredible initiatives. Um, one, one is called the uh, Kaika process where they have set up um, out the outboard boating club in New Zealand. And now they're looking to, to um, roll them out to some other places and um, stations where people can drop their fish and to be filleted. And so for a cost, uh, professional team there will fillet your fish while you pull your boat out of the ramp and clean it. By the time you get back, um, it's all done perfectly and can, uh, boxed up for you. And they take all the rest of the, uh, frames, guts, heads and, uh, recycle them. So, um, smoke them up and prepare them and give them, uh, to people in the community. And then all the guts and, and all the offal and everything left over is used for community gardens. Um, so it's still partnered with the Papatunuku Kokiri Marae. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, a pretty, pretty impressive operation now. Yeah. Cool. Um, they've also spent a lot of time working on, uh, fish care, which is their initiative of, uh, making sure that, um, recreational fishermen, fishers are, are doing their, their part as well and how to, best practice guide on, on how to take care of your fish and make sure that you're doing the right thing, avoiding small fish and uh, increasing the survival of things you're releasing. Do you see you know, opportunities well, possibly within the wine industry, but m- maybe just within business itself for more of these types of partnerships and, and relationships? I, I, I think going forward is um, de- definitely things that, that we're looking at doing similar kind of work in other industries um the 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 fishing in the marine space was was the obvious first place to go because of the connection with whitehaven and the family to uh the, you know the marine area and um yeah after spending their life, life on you know years on a boat and doing all that they were very passionate and um I think Sam marrying me might have might have helped with that as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> So that, that, that was the obvious first point, but, um, in, in terms of our sustainability processes, we're, um, you know, we, we are look, always looking for partnerships and, and always looking for other things that we can help with in, in, uh, the environments and communities around us. And do you have others approaching you? Do you see it sort of having application in the wider, um, not-for-profits sort of partnering with wineries or do, do you feel like there's learnings that, um, along the way that, could be really helpful for others that are trying to engage in that type of undertaking? Yeah, well, I definitely like to think that we would inspire, you know, other wineries to do the same thing. I mean, it's a fantastic um, way to do it. And I think people, you know, as I think people are more conscious consumers nowadays. You know, they want to know that their purchase is doing something. You know, they want to buy from sustainable businesses and they, yeah, they want to know they're making a difference. So, yeah, I think um, it would 
it's a great thing for people to do. And we are seeing um, a few more pop up. There are there are a couple others in New Zealand um, like that. But yeah, I mean, if anyone else is interested, they're welcome to come and chat to us about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's certainly um, you know obviously really really topical and you know something that I think society consumers are becoming more aware of and you know looking for businesses that are actually being proactive and you know acknowledging the wider sphere that we all uh, live in and take from and contribute back to. Oh, you're definitely right. And I think, you know, the wine industry, we're so close to the land, you know, lots of the people, part of it, they're, they're there because, you know, they love, you know, the viticulturalists, you know, they're experts in the vines and they love being outside and, you know, all the winemakers, you know, they're artists that love some good science. And so I think everyone's just understanding how important important it is to look after the land otherwise um, you know, what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. No, I've kind of got two points there. And, and um, firstly, yeah, I, I agree. Our team, that they are all people who are very passionate about the land and, and what's around us. I mean, it's um, especially being in a place like Marlborough, there is so much around us to do and see. I mean, we, we don't <laughs> definitely don't have the big city life here. So, uh you know, the, the people that are here do, do love getting out and being in the outdoors and, and, um, understand the value of taking care of that. And, and with the Marlborough Sounds right on our doorstep as well, it's actually, um, you know, the staff have got really into it because that they want, want to see things like that protected so they can, they can pass it on and make sure their kids can do the same thing. But it's also, we, we kind of talked about earlier, um, you know, that customers are really interested in it and, and really like supporting it. But the, the other big one I've found in, in looking at it is a lot of the restaurants and, uh, bars and things like that. It's that they love having cool putty putty there because it's also a conversational piece for them that they, they feel like they are handing something on and, and selling something for a cause as well. And so you get a lot of the staff and, um, some of the bars that we've actually, uh, we're, we're in at the moment, there's been big uptake in restaurants and bars. And, and some of them we, we get to go and, and talk to, uh, the staff and, and talk them through what we're doing and why. And, you know, that, that, they're becoming some of the biggest advocates and trying to actually promote and sell the wine because, um, yeah, that they love it too. So it's, um, no, I, I think it's something that's only going to get bigger and, yeah. As more people are kind of getting more aware of that stuff, we, you know, we, we hope that we're, we're not the only ones doing this kind of thing. Yeah. So where can people find the Kopari Party brand? So you, obviously you're in some restaurants and bars. Yeah, I think most mostly the restaurants and bars um, kind of centered around Auckland. But I mean, the best thing to do, probably, you know, unless you're wanting to go out, is to buy online. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just kopariparty.co.nz and um, everything's available there. It's free shipping. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's the best way to do it. And when you go on, you can also have a look and see how much money we've raised so far for Legacy. I think it's just over $110,000. I say we've raised, really, it's all the wine lovers out in New Zealand have raised the money. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What's the Legacy site? Can you just spell that out? We'll have it in the, um, for listeners, we'll have it in the description as well, but yeah, so it's so that's legacy.co.nz and legacy spelled L E G A S E A. Yeah, kind of a bit of a fun name there. <laughs> legacy with the C in it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Cool. Okay. Anything on the horizon for um, Koparepari? What's it looking at doing? Anything you're thinking about doing differently or? Um, I mean, our our winemakers are constantly experimenting and um, trying to find uh, the best flavour profile and the best kind of, uh, you know, what what we want for Putty Putty to be. And so that's that's a full team effort to be developing that at the moment. But uh, for for us, you know, it's the more we can sell, the more money we can raise. So we are really looking to... uh, to build that database and, and to, to build those uh, regular customers and restaurants and bars and all that because um, it's it's really important for us to, to get the name out there and, um, as I said, the better we can do, the, the better for uh, the legacy team. Yeah, and I feel like we're not constrained by, um, you know, the kind of uh, wine vibe, that, you know, everyone's in the same bubble and everyone's... Um, doing everything like the old world. Um, but, yeah, we're definitely open to um, whatever whatever consumer um, trends we see. We're happy We're happy to go along with that. You know, we just want to sell sell some wine. <laughs> yeah, cool. And, and what about personally in the wine world? Is there anything that um, you've had recently that's uh, excited you or you've seen either someone doing something locally or even offshore you've, you've had a wine that really piqued your interest? Oh, that's a difficult one. I mean, I, I'm, um, and especially over these summer seasons, I'm, I'm seeing a really big resurgence in, in Pinot Gris, which is exciting for us because um, I, I am a fan when, when it's done right, and I think Marlborough has the ability to make a really unique Pinot Gris as well. We, we can um, make a really interesting style of a, a drier, lighter Pinot Gris. And so I've, I've um, we actually had the Wine and Food Festival here in Marlborough a couple of weeks ago, and um, Going around and, and trying some of what's coming out there is, you know, it, it's really great to see. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think of one I've recently really enjoyed. Um, oh, probably a Sauvignon Blanc from Cloanry, which is a small oh, yeah. local winery. Yeah. Um, and it's all clay soil. And oh, that was a good Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> yeah, nice. Just for listeners, we're recording this sort of coming towards the end of February 2023. How's How's the harvest sort of shaping up looking for you guys? Oh, it's it's going to be an interesting year. I mean, uh, as if uh, you, you see around the country, it's it's been a very turbulent year weather-wise. And um, although we've not had anything uh, as bad as up north, it, it has been quite a damp, humid year for us. And so that, that presents issues with uh, potential disease problems and, and things like that. At the moment, we are still looking good, and we're, we're really excited. The grapes are coming along nicely, but we're, we're just hoping for some nice, warm, dry weather now to see us through until harvest. And when's when's harvest looking like starting for you on the earlier? Uh, we 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 normally uh, plan for about mid March. Yeah. Um, we might we've had a bit of a cooler season, so it might be running a little bit late, but you know, it's with normally within a week or two of that. Yeah, every year it's a bit of a, um, like, oh gosh, everyone gets a bit, not worried, but, um, just hoping the weather, weather plays ball, you know, every yeah. year. Um, yeah. that's what we depend on. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's always a little bit of a tense time, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> hoping, uh, hoping nothing happens. Great. And so we finish on, um, on the question, if you could have uh, a glass of wine with anyone anywhere at any time, who and where and when and what would that be? 
Yeah, well, I'll, I'll go first. Um, so I think if I could have a glass of wine with anyone, it would have to be Jane Austen, <laughs> just because I think she'd be a great time. Got <laughs> yeah. um, a fact to choose the spot. Um, oh, probably my favourite spot, which is um, Lockmar Lodge out in the Marlborough Sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, summer's evening, maybe a nice sparkling rosé. Um, yeah, I think Very that'd good. be great. Nice, nice. I think uh, I think you should be a great conversationalist. Uh, yes, definitely. We'll <laughs> chat all night about Mr. Darcy. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think my dream would be uh, to uh, sit and have a wine with uh, David Edinburgh. Um, absolutely, one of my books and you know, probably one of my childhood heroes um, and, and sit and share a bottle of Pinot Noir with him and I think I don't think I could choose a location because, and I think that it didn't matter where we were, he would have something that he could teach me about that area. He's just <laughs> such a knowledgeable, intelligent guy. Yeah. I'd be happy sitting anywhere and listening to him. Yeah, nice. He'd certainly have a lot of good stories, for sure. Yeah. Excellent. Hey, thank you both. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast. Thank you so much. This yeah. has been wonderful. Thank you very much. That's cool. And as I say, we'll have for listeners, we'll have the um, the links in the um, in the description. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing what comes out this year and beyond for Co Party Party. Fantastic. Cool. Thank All right. You. Thanks, guys. We've been speaking with Samantha White and Josh Barclay about Core Pare Pare, which is part of Whitehaven Wines here in Marlborough. If you'd like to find out more about Core Pare Pare or the non-profit organisation Legacy that they have a strong partnership with, then the uh, links will be in the description to this podcast. There are lots more New Zealand wine podcasts to have a listen to where we speak with others involved in the wine industry here in New Zealand. And if you go to podcast.nz, you'll find other podcast series on topics here in New Zealand as well. Be sure to follow NZ Wine Podcast on Instagram and we thank bazebu.com for their sponsorship. We look forward to your company again very shortly. Matewa, bye for now.